0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's a Friday afternoon, so it's time for the weekly wrap with Anu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Banagers. Um, anu, we don't know what the election result is yet, but there's been some exit polls and there's been some prognostications from certain people about who is going to win and who, what the percentages will be. But what do you make so far of the election process in the Republic of South Africa?
1: Yeah, look, it's uh, it's obviously been troublesome, and um, there's a lot of a lot of the smaller parties are definitely not happy with the process. But um, I think it would be declared free and fair, and then we'll have results. We're very close to to getting to a hundred percent now. We're ninety one percent counted, and um, I think the Western Cape's actually done, which is where I'm from. So um, and uh, yeah, I mean the, the most alarming. Part of it is actually the amount of people that has voted, which the turnout is actually fairly low compared to 2014. And then also what has clearly happened is that the bigger parties has lost votes to the smaller parties. So, um, I mean, the likes of the EFF is obviously 10 point, well, currently 10.38%. Remember, these aren't checked yet of the national vote. Um, But but I think it's it's worthwhile. One should actually look at the numbers instead of having to look at the percentages as well. So if you look at those numbers, the EFF has added about 300,000 votes. The surprising party is the Freedom Front Plus, uh, which is obviously very different to the EFF, uh, the very opposite sides of, 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 of the playing field or political field. Mm-hmm. And they've um, also gained a, a substantial amount of votes. And I would be think it would be fair to assume that those votes most probably come from the DA, which has been struggling in itself. Um, but I think what, what, what for me is important about the, the outcome. Uh, as I said, we're close to having a final outcome, is that, uh, you know, voters has really started, even, either they haven't voted or they've actually now switched parties. Now, this is not something we have seen in the previous elections. We have seen a bit of it, but we haven't seen to the extent we've seen in this election. And I think people are t- telling, them, telling politicians that we want to be looked after. If you're not going to look after us, then I'm sorry, we're not going to get our vote which is a very important change in South Africa. It's not something we have seen a lot of in previous elections. And um, hopefully politicians would now wake up and look after the country and not their own political party because I think that's what we've seen quite a bit of in the run-up to the elections was protection of your own party versus the interests of South Africa. And um, hopefully after the elections, they can now focus on what's important for South Africa and not their party. So I think that that, that's just my short summation of what's happened.
0: Well, we'll we'll summarize. But what I do really understand is that no one cares about it because the JSC Securities Exchange is up 1.4% at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. the all Index, yeah, and yeah. uh, the JSE. so the political situation when it comes to a market perspective has absolutely no influence on what is going to go on because there's a, there's the NASPerses and the british american tobaccos mm-hmm. etc and the rand itself is 1420 and uh, the yeah, the, the, yeah. the election is is almost immaterial to the market participants
1: yeah, look at. Uh, I think we spoke about it last week as well. We sort of ended on that note, and uh, we've done some research on what has happened before previous elections, prior to the election and afterwards. And this is not new. This is something we have seen prior to previous elections and afterwards as well, where you see risky assets having a bit of a bad period prior to. So last week we had a bit of a sell-off on, on the on the JSE well, in the run-up to the elections, and also on the rand, and then. Post the elections, because it's now it seems as though it's free and fair, and we'll have an outcome. And the ANC would have more than fifty-five. Well, it's currently sitting at fifty-seven percent of the votes, which gives them some kind of strength in terms of policy. So it gives clarity and it gives a certainty to market participants. So I think that's what you're probably seeing in the market, because our market is very different today to the rest of the world. And I know we're going to talk about it uh, a little bit later, but. We've seen what Trump has done in the States mm-hmm. and um, it is to be expected that the US market would most probably be down and our market is up. So it's, I think it's more of a, if you want to call it a relief rally or a post-election rally because everything has gone fine and we've, we've got, you know, as I said to somebody else yesterday, we should never forget that even a country like China, which is one of the biggest, well, second biggest ec- economic powerhouse in the world currently they don't have free and fair elections. So it's not something that should be taken for granted. It is something which is an opportunity for you as a voter to have a vote that actually counts in a democratic system. So uh, that, is, that is something that we should be very proud of in South Africa. And I think, like I said, I think the market's just sort of a relief rally or a post-election rally more so than anything else. Um, because, I mean, if, 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 if when I say the Rand is stronger, then the likes of the Rand hedges shouldn't actually be up um, they should be down, to, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and we are seeing some of the resources taking a taking a bit of a pounding, but um, that's more, uh, not self-inflicted, but that's more confined to resource stocks at this stage. I think there's a bit of uncertainty in terms of commodity prices, and also we've seen mining production um, data, which was slightly lower than expected. So I think those two factors are more important for the resi um, sector. But yeah, so, a bit of a relief rally, post election rally, whatever you want
0: to call it. Let's talk about results now. And uh, results came out uh, from Steinhoff. And I'm looking at Steinhoff mm-hmm. now at 1 Rand 43 per share. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was 2 Rand 10 per share around about a week ago. I mean, th- this is a massive uh, destruction uh, percentage wise. Yep. Yep. I mean, from yep. 2 to 150, let's call it that. That's about a 25% fall on, yeah, on the week. Yeah. This looks like a share that is actually never going to be listed on the JSE again. It's going to be—it'll it'll just disappear. It looks awful.
1: Yeah, look—if if you look at the results that we've now finally seen, it doesn't look great. Um, and then also, one um, just got to take into consideration that those are those numbers or the price movement isn't on a huge amount of volume. So it's not as though it's huge volume going through the share, but that's to be expected. Um, look, it's—it's it's very difficult to 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 sort of to understand how they're going to get out of this um because there's a huge amount of debt um it doesn't look as though earnings is going to make up that hole uh, it would probably take you 10 years 12 years to make up the debt um from earnings so highly unlikely so as it is uh, you know it looks more and more likely that they would have to unbundle the whole thing and, and sell off the parts and. That's never a good thing because you're a forced seller. Um, so you know that the, the Pepcor, which used to be Star and then renamed back to Pepcor, and that whole debacle. So it could be that that that's unbundled because that's still profitable. Um, so they can sell that. But like you say, Steinoff itself, I, I, I would be very surprised if if Steinoff stays as it is listed. Um, as Steinoff it might become something different or somebody might use it as a vehicle to list something in um, but it's, it's I can't see how you can keep Steinhoff afloat as it is now the debt, the debt the burden is just you know it's just too big I think to to grow out of had... that's probably what you see in the share price
0: exactly and talking about share prices we've had some results out this week I mean SAPI uh, trading updates mm-hmm. from Mondi we've had PEPCOR's numbers coming out as well uh, what have you made of the uh, the corporate action this week?
1: Yeah, looks so, so money and SAP is actually interesting because uh, the the earnings or the results we got this is almost completely different to one another, and yet they're both in sort of the same industry. But it shows you how important it is to know the companies because although from if, if you stand back and you don't know the companies from inside out, and, and I'm not saying I know them that well. Uh, you would think it's, it's more or less the same thing. But if, if you look at Monday and SAPI, there's actually very big differences in terms of what they produce. And that's what you're seeing in the earnings as well. Um, SAPI is in a different product set than Monday, and that's why you're seeing that difference in the earnings. So, again, you know, and we've spoken to about this at length, um, this type of market is, is very sketchy and it's, it's very erratic. So, you need to know what you buy um, before you buy. You can't just buy the index. Because, like I say, Sapi Mondi is, is, is in the same sector, yet the one is up and the other one is down in terms of earnings now. So, And, and I think the same thing is to a certain extent slowly but surely playing out in, in the Resi uh, sector as well. You would have to be almost a Resi expert or commodity expert to know what to buy and what not to buy because um, I think that, that the outcome for those uh, companies might be also might be very different. If you look at the Anglo Gold, for example, Um, production down, cost up and debt uh, also higher, although the cost and debt increases isn't that big, but it's going in the wrong direction. You want it to to go the other way. You want your production to be up and cost down and debt down, and yet Anglo Gold, it seems, has done the opposite of that. So, again, you know, share selection or company selection, I think, would be very, very important and just seeing that we're talking about jumping around now but but i just Mm -hmm. want to highlight this one point and i think there's one commodity that tells you what's happening in the world currently and it probably always does and that's oil Oil. Mm. you know the brent price is sort of caught between this on the one hand that you've got the u.s sanctions versus iran and, and venezuela and on the other hand you've got the concern about um the trade war, or the, the possibility of a full-out trade war, but I think it is almost a full-out trade war now between the U.S. and China, and um, and 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 it seems as though the oil price is sort of stuck in the middle, so it's not really going anywhere. And it's waiting for, for for an outcome because if, if you, even if you look at the the oil reserves that came out of this uh, out of the states, um, those were lower than expected. So which would tell you that you should have an high oil price. But now you've got this uncertainty in terms of economic growth going forward due to Mr. Trump and his tweets that he likes putting out. Um, and yeah, so I've, I've, I think if one just looks at the oil price, um, that would give you a very good indication as to where the global economy is going or heading in the next 6 months um are we are we in for a for a bit of a slump or or are we going to have this cohesive growth going forward
0: S&P 500 probably, uh, around about 100 points um, worse than it was last week. Uh, 28.62, my futures uh, price shows here, and it's all to do with trade wars. I mean, are the market participants going to use this sell in May, go away, trade war story to sell off the market that has been uh, so so friendly to us for the last 10 years or so?
1: It does look like it, uh, if I have to be honest, especially the U.S. market, it does look like it. Um, look, uh, I mean, we're coming from earnings wasn't that bad, um, but but earnings, the actual absolute number is still fairly high. And remember, we had those, those tax cuts, which obviously propped them up. Um, so So any uncertainty in terms of economic growth, be it a trade war, whatever the reason might be, is definitely, I, I think, is going to spook market participants. Um, and then we also might see a bit of an uptick in inflation in the second half in the US. And that also creates a problem for for, for them because now the Fed would then be forced to, to start or to have another go at a hike and Trump has already, you know, castricized them for for doing this and killing economic growth and whatever he calls it. Um, But if you have inflation out of hand, you've got no growth, then you do have a problem. Um, So I think the next six months is, is definitely very important, especially for developed markets or the US in essence. And remember... Whilst we're talking about the U.S., the China, China has been pumping a huge amount of, of easy money into their economy to get it growing. So, and I think that that's partly why we see it in this trade wars, because China's been doing fairly well from that. And obviously, the U.S. doesn't want that because the U.S. wants to stay in control. So you've got this whole geopolitical scenario going on whilst you're looking at the S&P. But I think the market, S&P, if there's any reason for them to sell, they will probably sell. Um, so it could be a sell in May go away, you know, that type of old which, you know, history never repeats but it it very often rhymes Um, Yeah yeah.
0: What do you think about the the trade wars? Do you think this is the real thing? I mean, I've asked this question already but do you think that this time it is Mr. Trump I'm not being nasty about Mr. Trump but I have to be Um, He doesn't really understand I don't think what's going on Do you think there's going to be some kind of standoff here, which will be an excuse, as I said, for the markets to to come down, because I can think of no better excuse than Mr. Trump versus President Xi or North Korea or Iran all coming together at the same time to um, scupper the market by by maybe uh, 10, 15, 20 percent.
1: Yeah, look, it's possible. I, I, I don't think one, one should definitely not say that it's not possible. Either. There's more, there's a likelihood, a very high likelihood of that happening. And I think what Mr. Trump is pr- trying to do, and this is just my take on this, is, is obviously the negotiations isn't going to plan. And he's just thinking, well, I'll try and scare them like he always does. Yes. And I don't know if China's going to fall for this. China is probably going to, at some stage, they'll start fighting back. And Amongst you know, whilst this is happening, you've still got um, North North Korea saying that they want to now. I mean, that, that also came out today that they want to make their military presence felt or grow their military presence. So it, geopolitically, there's a lot happening currently, and uh, you know, I hope for Mr. Trump's sake that he's playing the right game mm-hmm. because this could actually come back and haunt him six months, a year from now, if it takes that. It might actually be faster than that. Um, yeah, but just to and now, I want to go back to the local, and we're jumping back to South Africa. Okay, I should be saying, um, and it it it's also got to do with yeah, you know, polit- politics, politics and economy. Um, but the SA business confidence also came out this week, and that was slightly higher, higher than expected, but was also what is telling for me, to me is that. We've seen two property players, listed REITs, smallish listed REITs. and They've got a big big exposure to government leases. And both of them have started signing new leases. Now, this has been a huge problem for them because there was basically almost a a blank, no signing of any contracts in government. So it does seem as though even before the election results, we've seen somebody taking some decisions and Given the not to go in here and sign some leases. Now, if this is a sign of what's to come, then I'm very excited because this tells you that, you know, this sort of uh, this 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 time period we've been in, when nothing happens and and no, nobody in government dares to, to do anything because elections is upcoming and maybe I'll, I'll do the, the wrong thing and then it's a complete disaster. Then this might be coming to an end. And we might actually see some action from government, action in terms of, in terms of infrastructure spending, actions in terms of just normal uh, tenders being signed, because that's also that done not happened for the last six months, a year. We haven't seen any new tenders. And the ones that was actually out was very small tenders. So, yeah, hopefully, if there's a positive outcome from the elections, and there's probably more than that, I suppose <laughs> more than the one I've just mentioned, but the one I'm very excited about is that we'll have, some policy action, you know, some signatures from government. Let's put it that way. That's very simplistically, a simplistic way of putting it. But it, that's what it boils down to. You need somebody in a department to sign a tender, for it to be to 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 take place. Nobody signs anything it's not going to take place. Gosh your simple, optimism
0: is, is 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 really really uh, admirable. Let's have a look at the um, the the, um, <laughs> the JSE today. That's really really optimistic as well. I mean, we've got the uh, 1.2% um, as we pre-record this interview and 1 and a quarter percent increase in the top 40. What are you doing at yep. the moment given what uh, the exit polls given what the election has done? I think what people like actually before we go on is that people like the fact that in what they perceive as a third-world country, there's been an orderly election, and there's been stability, exactly. and there's been exactly what we expected to happen has happened. There's no EFF, exactly. there's no Freedom Front, it's the J, what is it called? The, the ANC. Maybe yep. they've got fifty-six percent. Who knows? But it it's
1: orderly. That's what they love.
0: Yeah. Markets I love orderliness.
1: That's exactly, I think, what's happening. And that's what I said. That's sort of a post-election relief rally type of thing we're seeing now. And, and I mean, the RAN's already below 1420 as we speak now. Mm. Um, so clearly, as you just said, you know, that orderly, that's what the market was hoping for. And I think that's what we delivered or the country has delivered. Voters, IEC, whatever, you, whomever else was involved delivered. And I think it's a sort of a good showcase to the rest of the world that we can actually do stuff and yes. we can have a fair and free and fair elections. And there's been a very few um, occurrences of, of violence um, and I think that's also telling. So although people are very tired of service delivery or the lack thereof, we haven't seen a huge amount of, of violence. We've seen violence running up to the elections, but actually yesterday, a blast we had, not yesterday, day before yesterday, Wednesday, um, there has been there was actually very few uh, incidents of, of violence. And uh, I think that, that's just a good showcase to the rest of the world that we are still... Free and fair, and, and we can still run the election. It's not a banana republic like it was made out to be in the run-up to the election. And I think there's also there's a message in there somewhere for the media. And I'm not I'm not against the media. Yeah. I'm, I might sign as though I'm against Hopefully the enough. media every time, but, but I'm not because that obviously there's a place for everything. But I think we should be careful as as users or readers or you know t- the guys who take the info, it's general public, when you read an article, one should just be careful that you don't read it as a generalisation, but it's just an article from a journalist writing about a minority that might have caused something. And I think that's what's happened in the run-up is it was a... Huge, you know, certain stuff uh, like the EFF or the BLF or you can name it, there's quite a lot of them. And it was written as though this is 80% of South Africa that's doing this. But clearly we can see it's only 10%. Uh, the EFF is an example. It's only 10% of the voters. Uh, the BLF doesn't even feature. Um, so it's a small minority of South Africa that, that's that's been written about as though it's South Africa. And I think we should be very careful to to generalize issues when you speak about issues. We should look at the factual numbers. And that's all the that for me is, is the most important part of, of, of these elections. Well, another important part of the elections is look at the actual numbers. Don't be fooled by generalizations when it comes to articles. So yes, you know, media plays a very important role, but it's also you need to read the articles in the right fashion and and look at the
0: actual facts. Onu, thanks so much for your analysis this evening. That's Onu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers speaking to us from Cape Town. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.